Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball. This is Jared Jewett. And you know, this week I went shopping and I went to three different stores before I found anything I wanted to try on. That's interesting, but why are we talking about that this week? Well, the parallel between my adventures moving from store to store until I found something I wanted to try on is very much like the adventures that our customers have as they go from website to website until they find your website that has something for them to try on. Yeah, there's actually very little difference between what the people in the store are doing and what the people online are doing. They're shopping around, they're looking for, uh, in our case, the best content, and uh, engaging in some sort of behavior that lets us know that they're interested in our services. When the salesperson noticed that I had an armful of dresses, the next thing she came up to me, she said, can I put those in a fitting room for you? Well, now I've made a commitment. I wasn't just putting those dresses back on hangers, I was going to go try them on. When people come to your website, it's the same thing. If they download information about a product or a service, if they call you on the telephone and say, hey, I want to know more about, that is the virtual equivalent of picking up a dress and carrying it to the dressing room. So first off, that lets you know that people are interested. And that's the the bucket that we're talking about today. Are these people who have taken that first step that, that first behavior and how you can follow up with them uh, to keep them moving through the funnel. So what do you do if somebody downloads a white paper, a checklist, fills out a survey? What kind of things can you do to keep them engaged in the process and moving along so maybe they buy? So one of the things I think we talked about in the first part of this series is making sure that each of those white papers that you're talking about Um, kind of pertain to maybe different demographics. So once you know that someone's come through a very specific white paper that's about uh, widgets, right? Then you make sure you set up what we call a drip email campaign for those people that talks exclusively about how widgets can help them. That's really, I think, one of the most important parts of this process is having very, very targeted information. Now, after two or three emails, it's okay, I think, to begin introducing maybe other products and services. But in the beginning, if I came looking for information about bird feeders for robins, don't show me a dog food bowl right away. Maybe later, after we've, you've proven that you know enough about bird feeders, you can offer me the, hey, and if you want information about feeding other animals, we've got that too. And don't forget that the goal of moving through these people through this bucket is to really get them as close to the point of sale as possible. So that is sometimes why it takes one email, if they don't buy, second email, if they don't buy, third email. And throughout that process, you can actually monitor them and see if they're qualified, see if they're, if they're clicking through all your things and still interested. If they're not, move on to more people who are in this bucket. You know, one of the things that um, I think is really where email and drip campaigns become very, very valuable is the fact that people buy at different rates. Some people, the first time they see something, they're off, they're ready, they're ready to buy. And other people need to think about it and need to think about it. 
and some people will unsubscribe, and that's okay too. I know we talked about this one, uh, this subject a little bit in the first one, but it's okay if the people don't follow you through this whole process. You really only want to keep the most qualified people on board as you're pushing through the funnel, and those people are going to be the most valuable for you during this sale and as you follow up with them. The other thing is, even once the drip campaign is over, maybe you have sent your three, four, or five emails that are very, very focused, if they haven't unsubscribed, they haven't moved, but they haven't unsubscribed, it's okay to move them into more of a, a general bucket where they keep getting emails. I have people that have called me up and said, you know, I've been getting your email newsletter for years, and I'm finally ready to buy this, to do this, to hire you for that. And so there's some benefit in keeping them in the general mix of information as well. I think that's a really cool story because it, it is easy to forget that these are people who have already shown you interest. These are people who have put their hands up and said, I really want to learn more about your services. And heck, if the sales cycle takes five years, okay, it takes five years. But since you've done your job to follow up with them, you will make that sale. The other thing that is really important, especially in the early phase with the drip campaign, what you're trying to do is kind of create a loop back to your website. So they came to your website, they got some information, you got their email, you put them on an email list, you send them more information, and now you can send them to someplace else on your website. Maybe they're not ready to call yet, and I think, quite honestly, I think HubSpot does this really well. You download one white paper, and now you get emails over the next few weeks about all sorts of other products and services that are connected and related. And maybe you download a second one, or maybe you download a third. And with each new piece of information that you're sharing, you're also gathering information about that person. Yeah, and having all of those different steps in place really helps you build kind of an overall um, audience demographic, you understand what these people who come in, let's say through the first white paper, and then go through maybe two or three other ones, and then end up with that, with uh, buying a specific product. Now you know that other people who take that exact chain of behaviors are probably really interested in that end product, and you can go back and tweak and tailor your messaging to be more effective to those people. So you can learn and improve the campaign over time. You know, and we're talking a lot about online and web leads, but the truth is this works in the real world too. Have a phone call, maybe somebody downloads some information. You know, one of the things that you can do is send direct mail, printed, paper, ink, stamps, something I'm not sure you know a lot about. No, it's definitely out there for me, but I, but I mean, I, we've talked before about stories of people saying, oh my goodness, you guys took the extra step to send me this awesome piece of printed direct mail and it resonated with me. <laughs> and and to, to see that you guys can do that, can you help me do that? And to be able to show that level of effort and, and concern uh, for the people that you're sending this direct mail to, that means a lot to them. It is also less and less common for people to get direct mail. You know, I remember when I was in corporate and I would you know check the mail on Monday and there was just this stack of stuff and fewer and fewer companies are doing that. They think that they can meet all their needs electronically. And that's really a wonderful place for you to kind of stand out. 
You don't necessarily have to share that with everybody who comes, who comes through your door, but if you've got people that you think are hot leads, that's a really good place to drop in a piece of printed information. I think print materials are a really good option for someone who calls you, for someone who emails you and says, you know, I notice that you are the business owner. I am really interested in your services. So you, you obviously call and you send a piece of direct mail, right? That means I care enough about the relationship that we are about to establish that I took the time uh, to send this piece of mail. That is a definitely a very, very personal strategy. I also think that direct mail can work on a, on a broader basis. You get 500 people who fill out a form at a home show. And yes, you send them an email. Yes, you call them. And as you start to see who's opening the email, who's clicking through to more samples, maybe you go from 500 down to... 300 or 200 and now you email and now you follow up the email with a printed piece so you use email to narrow that funnel and then print it still doesn't have to be terribly personal but it's terribly targeted and you can close the deal that way and if you want to get into kind of the really cool meta strategy of it make sure that that piece of printed material leads to a landing page that no one else has access to. So you know when th that the people who land on that page are the people. And again, you can present information and start moving those qualified prospects through your funnel. If you've enjoyed today's conversation and you'd like to know more about the sales process, be sure to check out our blog and search for posts with the topic bucket. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.